Her late majesty famously declared on a 21st birthday broadcast that her whole life would be dedicated to serving the nation and commonwealth. Rarely has such a promise been so well kept. unto his divine mercy, the late, most high, most mighty, and most excellent monarch, Elizabeth II. Let us humbly beseech almighty God to bless with long life, health, and honor, and all worldly happiness, the most high, most mighty, and most excellent monarch, our sovereign lord, Charles III. Welcome to the uh, war room. It is Tuesday. 20 September in the year of our Lord, 2022. And we have 49 days uh, to go into the most important midterm election since 1862. There you have with military precision and the highest uh, elements of the Christian tradition, its architecture, its music, its ceremony. Um, the uh, entire, we did a, just an entire wrap of the entire um, burial and uh, service 
of Queen Elizabeth II, uh, our mother country, the empire we fought a revolution to break off of, also our closest ally with a special relationship, and I'm honored to have Nigel Farage. Uh, Nigel has been doing such uh, great duty over there for the last couple of days. He hasn't had time, but we finally got him tonight. Nigel, Nigel what has... Um, when, when we see that, is this an end of an era? Is this an end of an age? She dedicated her life and service to her nation and to the Commonwealth. Uh, you don't see that type of servant uh, leadership uh, very much in the world where she really dedicates her entire life to that. Uh, walk us through. Is this the end of an era for the uh, United Kingdom? Well, I must say, when I heard the news she'd been taken seriously ill, and then that she died, I was profoundly sad. Not just sad for the passing of somebody who'd served us magnificently and led us led us. She was a leader for 70 years, but I worried the values that she stood for, those values of patriotism, those values of dignity, those values of honor, those values of Christian, fundamental, strong Christian belief and service and self-sacrifice. I worried whether those values would die with her. And as I stood for the railings at Buckingham Palace yesterday, I watched that amazing procession go by. I watched the coffin come past. I watched the royal family marching through the streets of London so close I could virtually reach out and touch them. But I wondered, are we witnessing the last great ever British event? And then, a couple of hours later, it was the service at Windsor. Well, I couldn't get there for that, obviously. So I went to a street, a closed-off street with a pub and a big TV screen outside, and hundreds of us gathered in the street to watch the service and the committal in Windsor. There was complete, total and utter silence. We literally heard a pin drop as people fought genuinely with their emotions. Then the whole street stood to attention and sang God Save the King. There was barely a dry eye on the face. I couldn't believe it. And half a million people filed past her coffin. They queued all through day and night, 12 hours, just to walk past the coffin in Westminster Hall and bow their heads. We're relearning, or in many cases, learning for the first time as a country, our history, our culture, our tradition, what made us what we are. And all of a sudden, that silent majority of people, decent people, not extremists, not those that would push these mad left-wing social agendas, all of a sudden they've been awoken. And I think the same applies to every English-speaking country in the world. If they're given the right leadership, if they're given reminders of what made their countries great, of what made their families what they are, of what living in freedom, peace, dignity, under a Judeo-Christian culture, what it's meant compared to the rest of the world, then there is hope for the future. And I have to say, I'm more hopeful today about our future, the fact we've been reawakened to many of these things, well, I was on the day, 11 days ago, when I heard our great queen die. Nigel, when you look at the music or the, or the service, uh, the literature, the architecture, the uniforms, uh, the, uh, you, you look back at a, uh, at a, English, a British empire of 100 years ago or beyond 100 years ago, when it, prime reserve currency, the pound was everything, the sun never set on the British empire. Is that... Have you lived off that capital for just decades and decades and decades? And although the people are emotionally connected today to understand it, is there still is there still enough there 
to turn it around and return to those days of glory? No, we lost it, not through complacency. We lost it by going bankrupt in two world wars, fighting for the liberty and freedom of not just ourselves, but others in Europe. And into that space, you know, America became, quite rightly, the world's superpower. The war bankrupted Britain. It was something from which we simply could never recover. But in terms of values, in terms of principle, in terms of understanding history, without which, what hope have you got of planning future? I genuinely think that we have been reawakened in the last few days. And think about it. 60% of the world's population watched that service. Four billion people watched that service. It's almost difficult to believe. And actually, people are going around saying they're proud to be British. You know, the hell with this. We're a dreadful country. We must look back and and, 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 and pay reparations for colonialism and all the rest of it. No, there is a new strong sense. Look, I believe the same is true. You know, I, I, I look in, in despair what's happening in many American cities. I look at what's happening on your southern border. As you know, Steve, I've been intimately involved with America for over 40 years in business, politics, culture, and every other way. I still believe there are large majorities for common sense, but they need to be awakened and they need, above all, the right principled leadership. We can still save Western civilization. I'm not pretending it's going to be easy, but what I've seen in London and around my country in the last few days does at least give me some hope. The coverage here, quite frankly, CNN and MSNBC was uh, a juvenile at best. Juvenile, just terrible. The, the pictures provided by BBC and Sky were unbelievable. Uh, the foot, you know, the, the, the actual images, but the commentary was juvenile. But over and over again, about CNN and MSNBC was consistent. They beat down, and you're the father of Brexit, and you're a sovereigntist. And they said, Brexit shows you it's going to be a smaller England. Brexit shows you that they're not interested in being uh, involved in, in world affairs. Brexit this, Brexit that, Brexit always terrible. Um, I kind of always thought that Queen Elizabeth II, they try to make her a globalist. I always thought she was kind of a Brexiteer. Uh, your comments about being the leading sovereigntist in the United Kingdom, these, uh, these smears by the American media about Brexit, the sovereignty movement actually making England smaller and more irrelevant. Well, you haven't even mentioned the New York Times, who seem to find a succession of British journalists whose names I've never heard of, who clearly come from the extreme left, have been attacking not just the monarchy, but the queen over the course of the last few days. The point about our constitutional monarchy is the sovereign stays above day-to-day -day politics. The sovereign is able, by not being political, to bring the nation together regardless of people's political views. And that is what the queen did magnificently. Now, Steve, in private, <laughs> now in private, let's make no secret of it. Uh, the queen's proudest achievement was to take an empire and to turn it into a commonwealth of friends, friends that play sport with each other, friends that with Brexit can start doing more trade with each other, friends that have the same language, shared history, a similar legal system. The only English speaking country outside of it actually is America, which of course had its own first Brexit all those years ago and went on to do what it did. But hey, despite all of that, America is our closest ally in every way. No. A commonwealth with 2.5 billion people against it is actually, if you think about it, if we use this, if the British people use this properly, our government and our monarch at the head, this actually 
is our biggest global insurance policy against Chinese domination. Though I still think Britain may not have an empire, but it's still this little island in the Atlantic still has potentially a very major role to play, working with you guys, but a very major role to play to stop the next tyranny that could overtake the world. And that is China. Uh, Nigel, how do people get to you on both social media, but a particular show, which is a, a must watch and it's a big hit in, uh, in the United Kingdom? How do people get to you? Enfarage.com. It's all there. It's all there. And uh, yeah, you can download the show I have. The app is free. It's free in America, free around the world. And uh, you know what? I'm doing similar things, Steve, on the other side of the pond to you. This battle, what is at stake here, is nothing less than the future of Western civilization. Everything, those generations that went before us, built, defended, and fought for. This is all under attack by a new extreme left, a new Marxist extreme left. We've got to win this battle. But we won't do it if we're divided. We'll do it if we're united. And we'll do it understanding that I mentioned it earlier, that majority of a common sense, that silent majority, it's there, in, it's there in our countries. We simply have to lead it and inspire it. Nigel Farage, thank you very much for joining us. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have one of the leaders of this movement, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's going to weigh in on this topic. Are America's best days just like England? In back of it, or is the future ours? Short commercial break. Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene next in the war room. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, mypala.com. Go there right now. Pro, uh, promo code War Room Towels. You're never going to have a towel deal like this. I think it's 45 bucks now, 19.98. Go check it out. We also got all the buy one get ones free. The sheets, everything. 
MyPillow.com, promo code War Room. Check it out right now. Support the Armor Piercing Show. This is Mike Lindell. Congressman Green, we, we have a, a quite controversial press conference for yours. We're going to play in a second, but I, I ask you to come on, see the cold open, and, and visit with Nigel. Give us, your, give us your assessment of what's going on in England the last couple of days. Is, is that emblematic of the faded glory of the United States of America also, ma'am? I, I am very concerned. The death of the queen, it really marks the end of an era, Steve. You see, we've had the past 100 years is, has been a time in history that's never existed before. We've, we've truly come into, um, came out of darkness. I mean, look at the, what happened with the Industrial Revolution. Uh, mankind has come forward in such a long way. And I really, truly believe the death of the queen marks the death of or the end of an era. And I'll tell you why. It's because the globalists and it's because of their mission. Um, the whole climate agenda truly will end this time of revolution and this time of industrial revolution. And, and it just will end American and um, exceptionalism and really human exceptionalism. And so this is a great concern to me. You know, Queen Elizabeth, she she led her country with such dignity and grace. And being the queen, the monarchy, if you really think about what that is, that is, that is such nationalism and strength. And, you know, with the values that she represented and the values that she shared for her people and really led for her people throughout the world, this is something that's going to be greatly missed because we're already missing it here in America. And it's something I can relate to. You know, I'm from Georgia and, and in Georgia, we share many of the traditions uh, from England, you know, everything from the way we have our family meals and dinners, our mannerisms. Um, many of us are descended from people from England. So we share a lot of commonality there. And so I can just see and understand losing the queen really could change drastically that country. Now, I, you know, I really enjoyed listening to Nigel's hope and, and how he's talking about the people coming together and singing God save the king. But that's going to be determined on what type of king Charles is. And the values and the ideas that he is interested in. Now, in America, we are in grave danger. We talk about this all the time with Biden administration. We have no one leading this country that is protecting us on a nationalist um, identity, protecting our borders, protecting our economy, protecting our children and our future. We have an administration that has, has completely divested themselves in Marxism, uh, dividing our people and and pushing us off into a globalist pit, you know, of despair and darkness. And we're all in danger of that. We have to get back to our roots and who we are. We have to be proud of our Christian faith and God-fearing people. And we have to be proud of our identity as Americans. But we are looking for leadership that, you know, very similar to Queen Elizabeth. And it was just very moving to watch the ceremony today. And, you know, we, we really have to be careful. We're going into times that, um, well, we're already in them. We're already in them, Steve. Yeah. So I have a lot of concern. But losing Queen, Queen Elizabeth was definitely, I think, a mark in history that's an end of an era. Yeah, no, you see the military precision, precision and, the, um, and the best elements of, of Christian faith all together. And you see that... Uh, Faded, not exactly, uh, not exactly ideals and values you see in everyday life. Let's play to talk about that. And by the way, we're going to have Dr. James Lindsay talking about ESG investing, which is at the core of this. 
collapse of the of the Western tradition uh, in our industrial base. I want to go to, and by the way, John Gibbs, a young a Christian that's running in Michigan. Uh, I want to go to uh, play your press conference because it's pretty shocking. Let's go ahead and play the presser today for MTG. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, this is a very important issue we're talking about, transgenderism. And there is an effort uh, spreading across America. It's, it's, it's a type of social contagion is what some people are referring it to, and I think that's an accurate name. But this is where children, children under the age of 18, before they even hit puberty, many of them, are being fast-tracked, they're being encouraged, and they're being allowed to, to do things and allow others like doctors, nurses, counselors to do things to their body before they're even grown up, before they're even old enough to vote, before they're even old enough to get a tattoo, before they're old enough to join the military, own a gun, drive a car, see an R-rated movie, or maybe just go to college or decide to not go to college before they know what they want to be when they grow up. These kids are taking puberty blockers, taking hormone therapy treatment, getting double mastectomies, even as young at the age, as 12 years old, hysterectomies, which is sterilization, and even castration. This should never happen in the United States of America. As a matter of fact, it should never happen anywhere in the world. But there's an ideology that is sexualizing children and pushing this among the most innocent kids, the most vulnerable in all of our society, and it has to end. I've introduced the Protect Children's Innocence Act, and I'm so proud to have Republican co-sponsors signing on, and there's more and more coming. And the reason why is, is because we want to protect kids. Children and parents across the country have been caught off guard by gender ideology. Discussions about gender, transgenderism and gender identity went from being a relatively benign social oddity to a doctrine that has invaded nearly every academic, medical, and educational institution, seemingly overnight. How did we get to this point? How did we get to the point where nearly every pediatric institution in the country considers it best practice to remove the healthy breast tissue of children while administering drugs typically used to chemically castrate high-risk sex offenders. Raising these important questions is not bigoted, and the refusal of activists to give straightforward answers should be seen as a major red flag. People across the entire political spectrum who believe that this practice is morally wrong have been told that they are fascists or bigots for even questioning this atrocity. Others have been convinced by self-proclaimed gender specialists that this is the only treatment that will not end in your child committing suicide. I believe Americans deserve to know the truth about this radical and perverse ideology marketed as necessary and life-saving healthcare. I was only 12 years old when I told my parents that I was a boy. Like many parents in that situation, they didn't have a clue what to do. They were scared and desperate for answers. They wanted what every parent wants for their child, for me to be okay and thrive. At 13 years old, on the advice of so-called medical professionals, I was put on puberty blocking medication. Wow, we could keep going. I mean, to start with the Queen's funeral and, and what that represents historically and culturally for us to this is shows you the insanity of the modern age. I mean, think about it for a second, Congressman. It's it's insanity. It's literally insanity. Take it. That, that, that press conference and, and tell us about 
Um, the person was just at the uh, the microphone because this thing is 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 so disturbing, ma'am. It is. That's Chloe Cole. She's the bravest girl I know. She's 18 years old and she's from California, and she is a victim of the child sex abuse medical industry that is that is abusing children, performing genital mutilation surgeries, and doing horrific things to kids. And we're going to hold them accountable, Steve. I want you to know Republicans are coming together very quickly behind my bill, the Protect Children's Innocence Act, because we want to stop this horrific industry that is destroying children's live, lives, causing permanent damage to their body that will never be the same. Chloe Cole stood out there at the Triangle today in front of the Capitol and told about how at 12 years old, she identified as a boy. At 13, she started taking testosterone and, and puberty blockers. And at 15 years old, Steve, she had a double mastectomy. She's now 18 years old and she regrets all of it. She is one of the leading voices in the D-trans community that is massive. But this community is being largely ignored by the media and especially social media. Even worse, Steve, she's attacked for, for being brave and speaking out. Chloe doesn't say anything about politics. She doesn't talk about political parties. She doesn't identify and, and, and put herself or align herself with anyone or anything. The only thing Chloe is saying over and over again is that this should have never happened to her. She regrets it deeply and she will work continuously as long and as hard as she can to stop this from help, from happening to children. And so I was so honored to have her join my press conference today and for her to tell the world her story because her story is so powerful. And Steve, it's not just her story. It is the story of thousands and thousands of children and teenagers. And we don't even know the numbers right now, but I can tell you this. There's one group on Reddit that has over 30,000 members of D-Trans, over 30,000 members. But it, they are being targeted on social media. They're being targeted by school teachers, teachers with sick and disgusting beliefs. They use their classrooms to brainwash children and talk them into evil and, and disgusting things. These are child abusers. But I just want to let you know, Steve, when we take back the House in the 118th Congress with brave Republican leaders like John Gibbs, who I'm so excited you're having him on, like many others that you have on your show and interview, we're going to pass that bill. And once we pass that will, bill, we will be pushing it and pushing it until we can make it a law where it will be a felony for anyone to perform so-called gender affirming care and child abuse on any child. This should never, ever happen. And the only people that think it's controversial to stop it are the sick and disgusting people that are making billions of dollars by mutilating children's genitals. Uh Congressman Green, how do people get to your site? Got about 10 seconds. How do they get to you? MTG4America.com. MTG4America.com. Please check it out. And we always appreciate your support. This is how we fight and this is how we help other great conservative America First Republicans. Friends, if you've ever wanted to stock up on emergency food and save a ton of money at the same time, now is your chance. For just a few days more, my Patriot Supply is knocking $250 off their three-month emergency food kit. This is the lowest price in three years, and it may not happen again because of inflation. So don't miss your chance to save big on the emergency food you're going to need when the food shortages hit. Go to prepare 
withbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com right now and stock up while it's affordable. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help families more, but they can't do this all day long. Remember, this food stays fresh for up to 25 years, so it's ready the moment you need it. Right now, you'll save 250 bucks on each three-month emergency food kit you order at preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. This is the lowest price in years, but this price will be gone in just a matter of days. Go to preparewithbannon.com right now. Preparewithbannon.com. Use your agency. Action, action, action. We were making a commercial, and she insisted on joining My son is too humble. John is a hard worker, first in the family to attend college, Stanford and Harvard. That's true. A successful businessman, but most importantly, he's an honest man. I know my son will finally bring common sense to Washington. Sorry, mom, I've got to do this part. I'm John Gibbs and I approve this message. (laughs) Me too. Maybe the best ad of the, of the cycle, John Gibbs, join us. John, we, we started with, and you were able to join us with Nigel and MTG, uh, the military precision and the best elements of the Christian tradition, uh, looking at an England that we question whether it existed, they or not. But then to have MTG's press conference to talk about the horrific radical ideology of, of gender identity or transgender, whatever you call it. Give us your thoughts and tell us, uh, everybody wants to know about your race. Uh, how are we going to win this? Sure, yeah. So going back to the uh, funeral of uh, the Queen, you know, it was very somber. And as you pointed out, though, it, it puts the best of uh, the Christian tradition and uh, English culture on on display. You know, it's a far cry from when the Romans first came there in the first century. Um, it was total barbarism. But then through the transforming impact of Christianity being applied over the centuries, English was civilized into one of the greatest civilizations that's ever been on the face of the earth. And you can see that uh, really um, on display there with the uh, pomp and the circumstance with the Queen's funeral. So um, that is a wonderful example of, of progress. And but we've got to keep going in the right direction. And uh, to uh, Congresswoman Green's uh, superb uh, press conference that she had there, that is an example of, you know, going backwards a little bit uh, in our culture um, among the English speaking people in the Western world. But I do think we're pushing back, and I do think we're going to uh, move things forward again. Uh, maybe this period serves as a way to wake people up a little bit um, and get people out of their comfort zone. But I do think that's going to happen, and I think we're going to move forward. Um, and I always tell people, you know, this isn't 1996 where we're arguing over do you raise taxes by 1% or do you reduce taxes by 1%. You no, know, we're arguing over is there male and female or is there 57 genders. Uh, we are in crazy town now. The train has stopped. We're at the station. And uh, we don't know who's driving, but we got to get back to uh, normal uh, times. And so I think we're going to get there. And that's what my race is all about. On November, I think, is uh, crazy versus normal, and I'm the normal guy. Yeah, yeah. I want to just – let's take a minute because we're crammed for time. But your opponent, you know, she's worked for – I mean, she has been at the forefront. I mean, she's about as radical as you can get. I mean, I'm kind of shocked in Michigan – what a great state it is. You've got some of these Democrats that are absolutely radical. You have your attorney general uh, is, uh, I think, out of control. She wants a uh, she wants a uh, one of these, uh, you know, uh, fairy tale story time. Right. It's just shocking. And your opponent is pretty radical, too. Tell us how you're going to take her on. Absolutely. All I've got to do is say what she's done. She literally uh, working for the Obama, the OJ, fought for the most dangerous types of uh, criminals who were here illegally, who had been ordered to be deported, she fought for them to remain in this country. 
Uh, she worked for radical far left immigration groups. I want to disband the border, have total chaos on the border. She made quite a pretty penny doing it over 200 grand a year last year. Um, and so she makes money off of advocating for a totally lawless immigration system, open borders and keeping uh, dangerous uh, criminals here who have been ordered to be deported. Um, she uh, fought to keep them here. So you're dealing with a real radical. She never mentions that she's a Democrat, never mentions it at all in any of her talks or any of her TV ads, because she's trying to hide that. She's trying to portray herself as a moderate, which is completely dishonest. So we're going to go out there and do the legwork and call her out. And people of West Michigan are not going to vote for radicalism. They're going to vote for sanity. And that's what I represent. So, yeah, I mean, my opponent is really uh, quite extreme. Defund the police. She supported groups that wanted to defund the police. And she said that the riots we had in Grand Rapids, the heart of my district, were not really a big deal. You just sweep up the glass and get over it. Um, so this is really very significant uh, radical that we're dealing with. And her name also happens to be Hillary, which is a lot of fun for us uh, to message on. So, yeah, yeah we're going to call her out and reveal what she really believed. By the way, your spot with your mom is terrific. How do people find out more about this campaign? And to find about the campaign, the radical nature, the real true radical nature of your opponent, where did they go, John? VoteJohnGibbs.com. I'm up against a well-funded far-leftist opponent. you got Wall Street money and all the leftist money in the world. If people can chip in, 5, 10, 25, whatever you can do, please go to VoteJohnGibbs.com. That's where you can check me out. You can sign up for our prayer list also. That's critically important. Do pray for victory in November. It looks good for us. The polls look good, but we got to run through the tape. So VoteJohnGibbs.com where people can check it out. John Gibbs, you're a good man, and uh, you could tell you came from a, a very good mother. So we got to fight on and run through the tape. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Thanks for having me, Steve. Appreciate it. M- Michigan three. That's a very big district. That that is a that we can win that. John Gibbs is the kind of guy that can win that district, particularly against this radical. I want to bring in uh, Dr. James Lindsay. We had Dr. Lindsay on the show on Saturday. There's a piece up in, in the uh, in the Washington Post about ESG, and he specialized in this. I just want to make sure people just I don't want to make sure the ESG that they understand this is just not the climate change, which is radical enough. But there's other the social justice warrior part of this and, and the checklist they do for these companies is just about this is one of the reasons we have this transgender problem. This is one of the reasons we have the radical opens borders problem. This is some of the reasons we have so many of these problems are trying to force this now into the onto uh, into the capitalist system. Dr. Lindsay, walk us through what this is, sir. Yeah, I mean, what you just said is exactly right. A lot of people think, well, they hear ESG, maybe they know it's environmental something. They think, well, it's got to do with the climate change stuff. And they don't know what the S and the G are about, the social and the governance. So it's environmental, social, and governance scoring. And people don't know that this is a UN creation. You got a hot shot back in 2003 applying for an internship with the United Nations saying that he wants to figure out a way to use people's pension funds to do impact investing for environmental and social causes. So he wants to change the world with other people's money is what it boils down to. And so he applies to the UN, they give him a spot. And a couple of years later, ESG is out under its own, uh, this this name, where they're gonna set the environmental policy, whether it's at the United Nations, whether it's in Davos somewhere, they're gonna set environmental policy, they're gonna set social policy, and they're gonna set corporate governance policy. Well, about the time that those banks collapsed in 2008 and nine, they all realized that if their social policy goes woke, if they do this whole identity politics, this whole critical race theory, the gender theory, et cetera, that they can bust up movements against them that are looking at their economics while looking like they're virtuous. And so they went full blast into everything woke around 2008, 2009, and have been on it ever since dumping money into it. And so people ask me all the time, why are all the universities going into DEI? Why can't we get a state like Oklahoma or Texas, one of these traditionally conservative states, 
tons of stuff going on with, you know, oil and gas and good conservative people. Why can't they get rid of their DEI departments at the universities? That actually started really and has its biggest engine in Oklahoma, believe it or not. University of Oklahoma. The, 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 the DEI, I just, hold on, I, just want, I just want people to understand that's the diversity, equity, and inclusion. So we say that's DEI, right, that's, that's, right. that's these departments that are kind of the, the railheads of all the radical teaching, correct? That's right. That's right. It's diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives. They got officers. University of Oklahoma, for example, might be hiring a new one of these every two or three days, depending on the week. A uh, new dean paid, you know, through the nose, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year plus benefits to come in. And, hold, and hold, 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 hold. You're saying the University of Oklahoma, one of the most conservative states in the union, the Sooners, the Sooner, the great football team, they're hiring what? Give me that again. Diversity, equity, inclusion deans for different departments in this college every few days. They have, they're just coming out of the ears with them. I went there. I talked to the president, Joe Harris, one day uh, last year. I talked to Joe and Joe just crossed his legs and looked at me and said, we just want a campus where everybody feels like they belong. And I was like, man, this guy's lost. So that's the president of that university. So yeah, these schools, but the reason that they don't go, it's not whether Joe is a good guy or a bad guy. Maybe he's either yeah. one. I don't know. It's because but, they got but, this but, commitment but, to the ESG. Yeah, but hang, but hang on. But hang on. When you say DEI and they're in each department, they're like a commissar. They're like the political commissars that the right. CCP put into the Red Army or the Bolsheviks. And if you go to if you go to the CCP, that's what I tell people about state-owned industries or any company. They have a political commissar. So you're telling me there's a DEI official or teacher or dean in every different department: the engineering department, the architecture department, the agriculture department. When you go to places like University of Oklahoma, sir, I don't know if they've got them all, but that's the goal, and they're in a bunch of them. Yes, uh, and so you are right. They're political officers. Equity. A lot of people don't know what does it mean. It means adjusting shares until people are or groups are made equal. Well, that's called socialism. It's just a rebranding of socialism. Uh, that's literally the definition out of literature. And so diversity and inclusion are the means to achieve that. So that's your diversity is hiring commissars and inclusion is censoring and purging dissidents. That's what it all boils down to. And so if you want to have a good ESG score so that your pensions are covered, you've got to, under that social S score, you've got to have a DEI office and it's got to install political commissars. You want a good G score, you've got to install uh, ESG officers, the diversity officers, and also sustainability officers that are pushing the sustainable development goals of the UN Agenda 2030 now. So if you want your environmental social governance score to be good, which is the only way you can have access to investment capital, the, these big companies like BlackRock Vanguard, these big investment firms, BlackRock Vanguard, State Street, and so on, jerking everybody around by the nose by these things with trillions of dollars of assets to do it, if you want your score to be good with them so that you can play ball on the playing field that they're rigging and the cartel that they're running, then you've got to do everything they say. You've got to have their environmental policy. But Dr. Lindsay, this is crazy because the, the, the DEI part is all supported by the this audience's tax dollars, whether you're in Oklahoma yeah. or Texas or Tennessee. The, but hang on. The pension funds, Larry Fink, who's very wealthy, it ain't his money. The trillion dollars is not his money. It's our audience's pension funds. How That's do right. we get into a system? That working class and middle class people actually have their pension funds directed into companies that are essentially trying to destroy their own values. How did that? How does that work? It started at the United Nations, like I said in 2003. This young hotshot James Gifford steps in and says, "Well, we're going to figure out how to use other people's money to do our impact investing." Mostly, he cared about forests and environmental stuff, but they cobbled in the social policy and, and the corporate governance as well. So corporate social responsibility and corporate governance got wrapped up in it. 
So the United Nations has been kind of developing these schemes. And somewhere along the line, Larry Fink got, got, got hooked up into this and decided that he had all of these assets under management. And here's this you know, possibility to do this. And he had his visions and um, started pushing this around. So it is people's retirement money. And that's what's on the line here is people's retirement money is jerking our society around, even though it's something they don't agree with. How does Larry Fink, real quick before we lose you, Larry Fink is also the biggest, he, he's one of the biggest investors in China. He keeps. How do they invest in China that has no, destroys the environment, has people in slave labor, does all the you know human organ harvesting, they're the worst, it's like, they're like the Nazis, the CCP, destroying Lao by Chinese people. How does Larry Fink lead the effort with Ray Daly and these guys to invest in Schwartzman, to invest in China at the same time, have these rigorous ESG that you gotta be so politically correct. How does that work? Well, if you want global communism, it works in a really easy way. You break the West and you enrich the East. You make the century of China and you make sure that the strongest communist power on the planet gets risen up while all the free countries get destroyed. Um, meanwhile, Larry Fink's pocketing a bunch of it. We just saw the scandal where he pressured ExxonMobil to divest of a bunch of physical assets that were bought up by PetroChina. And PetroChina, he happens to own a bunch of the shares, like something absurd, like two trillion shares of PetroChina stock. So he's enriching himself, giant conflict of interest. So he's enriching himself and he's enabling the rise of the so-called century of Asia or century of China uh, at the expense of the West. And he's using our pensions to do it. This is the biggest criminal activity in the history. This makes even the pandemic, which facilitates it, look like small potatoes in the size of uh, criminal enterprises that have happened in the history of man. Dr. Lindsay, how do people, uh, you're new to this audience in the last couple of days, but people are really thirsty to find out more about you. I got so many compliments. How do people go, your Substack, your site, where do they go to get get your information? Yeah, it's newdiscourses.com is the website. That's newdiscourses.com. If you screw up and type in newdiscourses, like you want to learn about being naked, we bought that domain too. So, um, by the way, there's a side of humor with everything I do. Dr. James Lindsay, uh, one of the top guys in walking through this cultural Marxism that's all over us through ESG. Dr. Lindsay, thank you very much for joining us today. Look forward to having you back to talk about uh, dialectal, dialectic materialism. Hegelian, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Sure thing, Steve. Okay, we got some hardcore practical politics we've got to get into. And the next hour is going to be a blowout hour of uh, Naomi Wolf and Ed Dowd. It's going to shock you. Short commercial break. Back with Boris on Fighting in Court. Next. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range. And with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter I 
targetpro.com. That's I, targetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. It's arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, everybody's got to get up on Getter. We got the new show up there, uh, Bannon's War Room, Rome, as we run up to the uh, to the uh, big fight with Georgia Maloney and the and the right in Italy. Uh, well, I'm putting up stuff 24 hours a day. Everybody is. Let me go to Boris right now. We got Boris by phone. Boris Daily Mail's got a big story about Trump's lawyer. Look, I'm not saying hassled, but they're being yelled and screamed at. I think going into court today. Tell us what went on. Is Boris just dropped? Okay, fine. Um, we'll get him back up in a second. Can we get, is that, that Boris? Okay, don't worry about it. Okay, let me go into some stuff I was going to try to go into. Boris has got an update on this. And remember, what's happening uh, with uh, Trump in court with all this stuff in Mar-a-Lago is absolutely, totally irrelevant, okay? It is all noise, no signal to it whatsoever. Um, what's important is what's occurred today, and this is what I was going to have MTG on, but we had other topics to talk about. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, I have Boris back up. Okay, let's try it one more time. Boris, you're up with us? Sure. Okay, uh, Boris, tell us what happened in court today. So here's what I remember. This was a status hearing. Honored to be with you, Steve, and the posse. And so the mainstream media has taken one line, the Judge Deary, who's you know old school New Yorker, made to another old school lawyer and Jim Trusty, and say, and literally in a half-hearted, positive banter way, oh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. This was a major win for the MAGA movement, for President Trump, and it was a, it was a major win for America, the, right, the rule of law and the Constitution. Because the judge, and this has been pointed out to you left of, by left-of-center journalist, uh, Judge Deary, the special master, said he does not need to consult with NARA, which was a big push from the DOJ. Uh, and he said, no, I don't, need to, I don't need to read the manual. I know what's going on. And by the way, NARA is a potential witness and a, a, a part of this case. So overall, this was a very straightforward status hearing, talking about some dates, talking about some process. And no matter how hard the mainstream media are trying to lurch for a win for the DOJ, what they've got to deal with is a bit real, you know, the legalese back and forth that's happening down in Florida. And now it's in the 11th, 11th Circuit where President Trump and his counsel, his legal team, filed a robust brief. They replied to the DOJ's desperate motion, desperate motion, for a stay of Judge Cannon's rule-based constitution-based injunction against the use of anything taken in the legal raid and breaking of the president's home and the appointment of the special master and his review of the of the documents and the property and the information and by the way the doj also signaling today that they're they're willing to go all the way to the supreme court if they're losing the 11th circuit that is how desperate they are steve how desperate they are war room posse to prevent judicial oversight over their review of the property illegally taken in the raid well, they, uh, Boris, I, I only beg to differ that if I was Garland, you got to go to the Supreme Court. Otherwise, he's going to be fired eventually by Biden for incompetence, right? It, it, you couldn't have started off something so big about a president of the United States. You've got to at least take it to the Supreme. You're losing everywhere else. 
you got to go to the Supreme Court. This oh, is, but dude. I want to go back just so the audience understands that we had Mike Davis on this morning. The, 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 the New York Times and MSNBC and CNN are now in overdrive. I mean, in super overdrive about how terrible the judge is, how she's totally incompetent. This shows you that Trump's put all these hacks on the benches and it's going to have a huge impact on America. That Trump's lawyers are a group of incompetents who are now all in legal trouble. And oh, by the way, they're all at each other's throats also. Uh, but I keep seeing wins put up in court. So tell us wh what is going on. Why is the mainstream media in complete meltdown now over the legal team, the legal strategy, and your guys' wins? Because on August eighth, when this uh, when this raid, when this illegal break out of the president's home happened, the mainstream media thought finally we got the we got President Trump, we got Trump, and now they've been put back in a box. The DOJ is on on their heels. And by the way, on J6, they don't know whether they're coming or going. And now you got the New York Times writing articles about caution because they're sending a signal to their base. So you've got the mainstream media in an absolute tizzy that, once again, a hoax perpetrated against President Trump, a witch hunt perpetrated against President Trump, is failing. And it's failing miserably. And it's absolutely firing up our base. And, you know, even Access reported, hey, yeah, the Democrats have a little bit of enthusiasm in the summer. But now all of the heat is with MAGA. All of the heat is with President Trump, and we're going to win huge in November, and we're going to keep on winning all through November of 2024. Just on the signaling today by DOJ to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court wouldn't take this in any expedited manner, would they? Wouldn't this just get thrown into the docket, and they may talk about it next next session? I mean, do you think the Supreme Court would actually expedite this? Well, see, the DOJ, if they lose this expedited motion for a stay in the 11th Circuit, there's two tracks. They have an expedite motion for a stay on the injunction, also having a full appeal. Then they have to go, if they lose here, which they seem to expect to, <laughs> then they have to run to the Supreme Court and they try to get an expedited stay there. Again, with their you know, big emergency being, no, 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 nobody can look at the property we illegally took in the illegal raid. No, 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 just trust the DOJ. Same when DOJ has already messed up with the filter team. By the way, the same DOJ, where you had the head of the counterintel at the FBI in New York office, literally working with the Russians while investigating President Trump for fake relationship with the Russians. You, can, you can't make it up. If this, were, if this were a novel, nobody would believe they say it jumped the shark. The level of projection, the yeah. level of attack yeah. is absolutely beyond belief. But we have to believe it because it's true. That's how deranged the woke, radical liberals are. But by the way, Garland's got to go all the way up to the Supreme Court and the state of the appeal. And here's why. They're going to be, he's going to be, he's got to be fired by Biden for the biggest miscalculation in the history of the department. And I will tell you, I <laughs> bet you that this, Brad doesn't know what day, what year. He's sitting in the 35th row of Westminster Abbey. He probably thinks he's, you know, King Henry III. <laughs> you think, hold it. You think Trump would be in 14th row? Give me a break. De Boris, real quickly, social media, you only got 30 seconds. Hit me. No, no doubt about it. Now, President Trump would be in the correct row for a U.S. president. <laughs> not, you know, like, not, not like Matt George over there in the 55th row. Joe Biden. <laughs> BorisCP.com is the website. Hot on BorisCP.com. Hot on Getter at BorisCP. Twitter at BorisCP. Hot on True Social at Boris. Hot on the gram. Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Okay, make sure you follow Boris on social media because now more than ever, you're getting real insights there 24 hours a day. Okay, uh, the next hour, we're going to have Ed Dowd and Naomi Wolf. Uh, Biden said on Sunday the pandemic's over, but the emergency order is not lifted. The mathematics that Ed Dowd is going to bring up here in the next hour will blow your head up. Naomi Wolf, Ed Dowd, War Room Battleground continues after a short commercial break. Spread the word all through
War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 